0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: 2014 edition of Don't Let It Go Unheard, where we discuss news, politics, and sometimes culture from the perspective of Ayn Rand's philosophy. Ayn Rand's is the philosophy, the only philosophy, that upholds the right to the pursuit of your own happiness, that defends it philosophically. That's important for tonight's show. I'm your host, Amy Peekoff, Joining me as usual in the studio here is cartoonist, Bosch Poston. Hello, Bosch. Hello, everyone. And we're a little bit running on fumes here. This is our third hour of radio for today. Those of you who have visited over at my blog at DontLetItGo.com know that we guest hosted for Tammy Bruce earlier today. And uh, I don't know. I hope we didn't make people angry with some of the positions that we took. We did. You think we did? Yeah.
2: Yeah? Okay. We deviated a little from, I guess, Tammy's audience. We have have so
1: much in common with Tammy. And then here we are in the first ten minutes of the show, talking about immigration and about how, um, Mitt, Romney. Mitt Romney sucks <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know if she's still heavily in favor of Mitt Romney but I know that she was not too long ago yeah. holding him up anyway Mitt
2: Romney wasn't in favor of Mitt Romney <laughs> by the way anyway. uh,
1: but yeah do go to my blog and you can find out how you can become a show supporter and get that entire two-hour podcast listen to what we did earlier today. As a result of broadcasting for Tammy for two hours, on Blog Talk Radio, we've got a three-hour-per-day limit. So this show can only be an hour today. And so what I decided to do, also because I knew I'd be kind of running on fumes, is I wanted to just try to tackle one topic, try to do a decent job at it, took a bunch of notes, have my notes in front of me, and we will be talking about a video that Andrew Claven and Bill Widow, Bill Whittle, huh, I'm, I'm tired. this is sadness. Uh, Andrew Claven and Bill Whittle released this this week. and the title is, "Is Ayn Rand Nonsense?" Now the title was given to them by a questioner We're who a submitted this question. And actually, it says on the YouTube video here it says, "Is Ayn Rand non- Nonsense?" The original title is... Why is Ayn Rand nonsense?
2: Why Ayn Rand is nonsense. I think that was the original one. And then they, they changed it on YouTube and someone caught that. Right, right. So, so someone backpedaled, whether it was them or who knows. So
1: people. the title of tonight's show is Some Nonsense on Ayn Rand. And people who know me, they know, yes, I have extreme views. Some people might think mm-hmm. I have crazy views. But they also know that I don't usually call other people's views nonsense very often. No. I'm using the term only because it was used by them, so I'm not saying. Normally, you know, my disclaimer again, I really respect a lot of what Bill Whittle does. Sure. I've watched Afterburner and cheered and said, yes, he's right on. No doubt about it. Uh, I don't know as much about Andrew Claven. He seems like a nice enough guy. Sure. We follow each other on Twitter.
2: I He just followed me after I tweeted, why are Andrew Claven and Bill Whittle nonsense? So he just uh, followed me after he heard that.
1: So it, it shows you that he's kind of an affable, nice sure. guy. No, I mean, and
2: that's not a point by him being nice. No, I know. From them taking on an intellectual giant without having the ability to do so. But anyway, let's, let's get to that. <laughs> it's true. They, they, they took on a giant, and well, they weren't equipped to do so. And, and also, Bill Whittle did not say it in this one, as he said it in the past, he has not read Iron Rent. He has not read Iron Rent what business does he have to talk about Iron Rand or her philosophy?
1: Well, in, He's going to get in, it wrong. In this video, he hasn't said that he, said he didn't read Iron Rand.
2: No, no, and no, he spoke no, as
1: if he had read yes. at least some Ayn yes, Rand. Yes, that's
2: what it seems like. But he has not. He's on record saying that he has not. And he also told us in person that he has not. So this is a guy who has not well, read Ayn Well, but it could
1: Rand. be that between the time of the last video and now he's read some? No,
2: because he wouldn't he mentioned it. Wouldn't it be worth noting? So you know what? Since I've read Iron Rand, this is my argument now.
1: I assume that he's read some because he spoke about he the specific language in which she would portray
2: certain events you know, it, and it, it's how worth brilliant noting.
1: it is and how yes, but it's
2: worth noting that she, that he did because he was on record last time that he did not read her.
1: Okay. Well, maybe we need to get him on record to say that it sounds like he's read at least some. Now, very first thing, and I'm I'm just going to go through this video and I, I, like I said I've got a few pages of notes here so we're going to play it. We're going to You you don't need to actually see the video to get the content, as long as we give you some good audio connection here over at Blog Talk Radio, and I think we can do it. First of all, it was published on the 3rd, September 3rd. September 2nd happens to be, among Ayn Rand fans, Atlas Shrug Day. Everyone knows that Ayn Rand began writing the novel on September 2nd, and therefore she made September 2nd an important date in the book. The book itself oh, begins... Mention, yeah.
2: Atlas Shrugged, Atlas
1: Shrugged begins on September 2nd. So we actually had Atlas Shrugged Day this week. Bosch, you know, passed a graphic around. I also distributed the graphic. And it was kind of a thing. And then on September 3rd, this video comes out. I don't know if it's a coincidence.
2: Well, Rand was in the air, let's say. Right. And... Uh, it felt like it was an op- opportunity to uh, you know, take her down Right. as far right. as they're, they're concerned.
1: Now, the question, if you say, why is Ayn Rand nonsense? That's the question. That, of course, is a complex question. And well, Bill see, Whittle it's, did it's, point it out. He points it out. But still, it's, it's a it's, dumb
2: question. It's, it's, it's a punk question is what it is. Yeah. It's a dismissive question. It's a dishonest question. Why is Ayn Because the assumption is she, isn't, uh, she is nonsense. But why is she nonsense exactly? It's a corrupt question. Right. It really is. It's just for yeah. Iran.
1: Let's, let's go ahead and start playing some of this, and we will get into the commentary as we go on. We have the chat room open over at Blog Talk Radio, Andrew and Wright. Bosch has got his eyes on a comment right now. Andrew
2: writes, Iran would whittle Bill down to size, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I like it.
1: So is uh, Andrew kind of vying here for the title of Punisher? And Andrew
2: would be craven in the face of rent." <laughs> In person.
1: Robert NYC. Not says, Andrew. Uh, Has Bill Little Norman. stopped beating his wife? That is a majorly <laughs> complex question <laughs> if I've ever
2: heard one. So yeah. that, that's interesting. It's like, you know, I don't know. Just these questions, they're not honest. They're dishonest. And the term nonsense itself, you know, to associate with Ayn Rand, it's just, it's just not honest.
1: Let's start playing the video and let's get into the commentary.
3: Hi, everybody. I'm Bill Whittle, and I'm here with the man who always wears a denim shirt. As you can see, he's wearing his very own denim shirt right now. They call him the Pink Cowboy. I thought it was because of his denim shirt, but as it turns out, (laughs) there's a much, much, much more awful reason, and sometimes things that have been seen cannot be unseen. (laughs)
1: Okay, so we're talking about it in a denim shirt that it's pink.
2: Yeah, see they're and opening up the stage Pretending they're just having a ball just having fun, but they're gonna go take on a, They're gonna go take on a giant so Clavin. They, I guess I guess they feel nervous So they have to laugh it up a little I mean, you know before the uh, take it on the giant <laughs> You know what I mean? Because like man, she's a monster So we're gonna have to pretend that we're cool with it, man. just sort of, One of the questions we got, you know every, no, They knew going in they chose to take a dumb question seriously and made themselves look dumb in, in reaction. But anyway, go on.
4: So
1: he's talking, you know, he's calling him the Pink Cowboy, and then listen to the joke that Whittle makes here.
0: Do not go there. Don't.
1: Okay, go there. Pink Cowboys.
0: <laughs> yippee io to- okay, yeah. buddy. <laughs> Your topic today
3: comes from Jordy C., who wants to ask the fastest man in the San Francisco bathhouse team?
2: <laughs> He says, the you hear fastest the, man in, in the, the San Francisco, Francisco bathhouse Bath scene. scene. And then he goes right into the question of Iron Rand. Now, I mean, I haven't watched you guys in these videos much, and maybe this is the way they always play it, but uh, they're about to take on this uh, question about Iron Rand. And Iron Rand is not a light topic. It's not.
1: Well, and, and who's offended by the joking about the fastest man in the San Francisco bathhouse scene? It's a gay joke, yes.
2: Yes, yeah, no that about it. It is a gay joke. Anyways, I uh, guess pink shirts, And that's why he's trying to take a crack at him. Yeah. About bath, but you know what bathhouses are? They're sex clubs. I mean, well, and that's sex that, clubs. that's
1: the reputed thing anyway. Yeah. But the point is, is he's made- in New
2: York? They had them actually, and they and they closed now. Just to especially after the 80s, with you know, with HIV/AIDS.
1: But why? I know.
2: I don't know why. They think it's funny, I guess.
1: Anyway, that's the joke that's just before the statement of the just question. Before. So here's the question. Why is Ayn Rand nonsense? <laughs> uh, not
2: is Ayn Rand nonsense. Not, well,
3: well, why? Why
0: is she nonsense? Uh, all right. Well, I, wait. Ayn Rand is not nonsense. I've, I've read, I think, just about uh, certainly all of Ayn Rand's major works and a lot of her even minor works. And I, she's not nonsense. She's, in a way, she's worse than nonsense. She's a great...
2: Okay, so so she's not nonsense,
1: (laughs) she is worse than nonsense. Worse than nonsense. So let's let's get a definition of nonsense here. Nonsense over at the Merriam-Webster Dictionary online. Nonsense, words or language having no meaning or conveying no intelligible ideas. Language conduct or an idea that is absurd or contrary to good sense, an instance of absurd action.
2: Words or ideas that are foolish or untrue. I read her ideas. Foolish and untrue.
1: So then he's saying it's worse than that, which means that if it's going to be, I would think of nonsense almost as kind of the arbitrary where there's just nothing to it at all. It's worthless. So if it's worse than that, that means it's something evil or bad. And let's go ahead and hear why he thinks it must be evil or bad. I mean, he thinks it's worse than nonsense.
0: Deal of good sense surrounded by absolute
2: nonsense.
1: So he says oh, there's, a, there's a great deal he, we, of good sense goes, surrounded yeah. by absolute nonsense.
2: Diana Rend was surrounded by absolute nonsense, and she was, she was always surrounded by absolute nonsense around her. The ideas around society, this kind of video about no, her. No, right? Now
1: I know. No, I know. But anyway, so he's saying she's got good sense and nonsense. So let's hear what he says is the good sense.
0: Uh, the good sense, much of it comes, I think, from uh, Frederick Bastiat, the great, I Hold think Reagan's favorite economist. Oh, the good sense comes from
2: Frederick Bastiat. Yes. Do you want yes. She, didn't, I, she didn't do anything, no. I mean, no. Good sense comes from someone else. Right. The good aspect of Iron Man comes from someone else. Yes. An economist. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, the idea that, that trade is the one interaction that people engage in that does not involve force. Uh, that,
1: And this is something, this idea that the center of Ayn Rand's philosophy is trade and the banning of the initiation of force from human relationships. As if if that's that. That's it. That's it. That's That's the good sense, right? And it's not even hers. It came from somebody else. (laughs) This is the good thing about her. The good thing about
2: her is someone else's ideas.
1: Right. And and the essence of her view is not – any moral, defense of rational, self-interest, or any of those things. But, of course, he's going to dismiss those in a minute, so this is why. So this is the one good thing, and really that's from somebody else. According to him. Bastiat, and I think he comes in here and says, oh, Bastiat was Reagan's favorite uh, economist, or um. as if that matters, mm. that he's just filling in for what he doesn't know.
0: This running down business uh, is, in fact, running down the one thing we do in a free uh, exchange uh, where everything else, that especially all the stuff that liberals want to do, it really involves the police coming to your house and taking your, mm-hmm. your property away. And that's it. And it's theft. And she really does explain that. And she dramatizes it and all that.
1: <laughs> and all that. So it's, you know, what, what businesses do is good. If you run down businesses then you are destroying the one thing that is good because it's based on voluntary trade and, and that. anything else that. that people want to do other than just trading voluntarily, I mean, talk about a simplistic view, the, of course, y- it's, simplistic characterization. Any, supposedly, anything else, anything well, anybody else wants to do is involving police coming to your door.
2: The premise here is that IRA is nonsense, so they have to go with that premise. You I mean they have to say, okay, that's the premise, that's set up. So he, she's nonsense because of this. She's not that important, first of all. She, her ideas are someone else's ideas, and they did a lot better. But she just dramatized it.
1: Right, right. And um, so you know, there's this good thing that comes from Bastiat. And she does a good job of explaining why trade is good. There's no force. Anything else is theft. And, you know, boy, she's good at explaining that. But it's, it's a really broad brush, right? Because there isn't just trade as in business to business. There is companionship. There's knowledge that we gain from other human beings. So it's not the only type of interactions that we have. It's not like there's...
2: That's just some practical thing that just, you know, this works, this put two or two together and that's it, you know.
1: Well, it's not, it's not just trade and then no. theft. Those are not only the two things. But he says, you know, okay, she explains it, she dramatizes it, she does this well. That's the value. Now we want to know why he thinks she's nonsense. Now you'll notice if you watch the video, he's shifting a lot in yeah. his seat. Thinking. Okay, maybe a little bit uncomfortable, so here he's going to go and talk about what's the nonsense.
0: Yeah, she's nonsense because, for, well, for several reasons. I mean, one, uh, because she is an atheist, and yet she thinks that there is an absolute uh, moral uh, standard by which to live, which is the absence of force.
1: Okay, let's unpack this. So how could you possibly, according to Clavin, think that you're an atheist, you know why. that there is an absolute moral standard? And... and you know, of course, note again what he says the absolute moral standard is. The absolute moral standard is the absence of force.
2: That's the absolute moral standard. That's,
1: he's equating Rand's ethics with don't use right. force. Yes. And that's not what it's about. Of it is not. about your rational self-interest. Now, they do mention in their own terminology enlightened self-interest. An- yeah, but also enlightened, but that enlightened that is,
2: anarchism. I mean, you never said that. Anarchy. Enlightened anarchy. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. One that's
1: what will that, that's, that's later. But, but also,
2: you, you know what the problem is with him. You know what his problem is—that she's an atheist. Yes, that's yes. the main core, right? And right. then basically, it, you cannot have a belief system that actually, you know, has a morality that makes sense. You know, what I mean, you, you you can have it outside of religion. You know, you know, you know what I mean? Outside of religion, now that was the us now let's
1: listen to him because I assume after saying that he's going to explain why Rand's attempt to establish an absolute morality without religion. Mm. He, he's going to explain why it failed. <laughs> right. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> that's right. Ready to hear? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Uh,
0: everyone from Nietzsche to the Marquis de Sade understood that once you remove God, you're living in a relativist that's that. universe. That's the problem. That, a- everyone that, that's
2: from the Nietzsche crux. to the
1: Marquis de Sade. Yeah. I mean, come on, this is.
2: Everyone. I mean, come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all this everyone morality knows this. based in reality, impossible. You need it in faith. You need it in, in things that don't exist. That's morality. That's what, That's how you can guide your life, right. by believing in things that don't exist.
1: So this is an appeal to authority. That's what I'm getting right now is a nice little No, appeal. a
2: morality based on reality doesn't exist. It can't. I mean, that's, that's the gist there.
1: Yes. Here we go.
2: Just
0: no way to make that that case. But that's. But let's leave that aside, since so many people disagree with it. M-
1: leave it aside, because so many people disagree yeah, it's, with it's it. My main
2: yeah. problem with her. But let's just leave it aside, you know, because uh, I might get some some randians coming. No, after I, him,
1: I actually know. think that he meant he felt safe to leave it aside because he knows so many people disagree with her atheist morality no, no, anyway. No. Well,
2: I took it from my perspective. You I mean? Okay. I took it from the point where he says the critical randians probably will, will come after me because he knows that some libertarians, some objectivists may watch his. His stuff and also whittles. He knows that. Okay. They probably get some emails. Who knows? They get called out on Twitter, probably.
1: Well, really, I, well, I would have found it helpful there if he had given some indication. Yeah. Maybe he's going to say, "Well, there's the is-ought dichotomy, Something. and it's just some some Something, substance some instead of just oh well, everybody knows that's." doesn't work. You know,
2: Nietzsche and the market decide. I mean, come on, everyone. So
1: you get the appeal to authority in just the naming of the figures. You get in the tone a little bit of the argument from intimidation Mm because everybody knows this, you know. How how would you? Atheism. How how could you disagree with this?
2: Spitting out the word atheism.
1: So he he doesn't really answer, and he mischaracterizes the ethics as well.
2: Well, Well, he has to. And also, at one point, he has to misrepresent as well. You know, that's a lot of rent's critics, it's not all of them, they have to represent, misrepresent, excuse me, in order to criticize her. Yes. And that's so what this,
1: happens here. The thing that's so important about the, the banning of, of the initiative.
2: The process. attitude also. Oh, yeah. The attitude. The uh, lax attitude. I mean, they clearly have a problem with that, rent. I mean, clearly. To take that question, to take it seriously and have a show about it, that's not, it's, it's not easy to, to, to do a whole setup to do a show. It's not. I mean, our show even. It's not, it's not easy in the world to, have, to find the time and take the time and do it right. So they wanted to, to do this. And they open up with these lousy jokes, uh, bad attitude, and then uh, we'll see. It gets even it gets worse. So
3: here, here we go. Is, Here's another she thing.
0: Confuses, um, she, she confuses selflessness, which is a nonsense, with altruism, which is a good And so what she says to you, she starts out by saying to you, like, uh, the self does best through enlightened uh, self-interest. And that is true up to a point, but there is a point where people act uh, not selflessly, but they act altruistically. And the difference between selflessness and altruism is that selflessness doesn't exist. Everybody is acting for personal gain, even if that personal gain is joy, you know, and one of the right. things that, that uh, you know, I think most Christians understand is that you do good for people, you experience joy. And there's nothing wrong with doing good to experience
2: the joy. That's Who says there is?
1: Well, but here's the thing, right? Because I, sometimes if you do good for others and you experience joy, I think that's a good said, thing. Yes,
2: yes, but right? also... And
1: sometimes the the mere fact that you experience
2: joy doesn't doesn't, doesn't necessarily doesn't mean that right.
1: it's the right thing right. You, so he he's putting primacy on an emotion that you experience and saying the emotion itself is going to validate the action as as being okay so there's there's that issue but in terms of does he act you know does rand actually confuse selflessness no. with altruism Don Watkins has an excellent answer that I'm going to uh, get to here in a second. Let's go ahead. By the way, and he's a that.
2: writer, Andrew Clavin, and he's writing a character called straw man. Yeah, it's
1: called straw man. Go on. Okay. You are bad. Let me let's play. Part of me, that of is it.
0: the self-interest that you find. What you what you uh, what the mistake is is getting the wrong reward from uh, from something. Uh, C.S. Lewis uses the example of marrying a woman for money. If you marry a woman for money, you're marrying her for the wrong reason. If you That's mar- her job. Yeah, that's right, exactly. <laughs> to marry you for money. <laughs> to marry me for money. But, but if, you, if you marry a woman for love and, and to have her and to be with her and all this stuff, there's nothing wrong with wanting that uh, for yourself. And so what I think Ayn Rand mistakes is she mistakes the the vast array of uh, of of altruism, the vast array of joys that arise from altruism and from helping each other and from standing together and not necessarily always acting That's altruism. by yourself. Just, together. Now, he, standing together. You know,
1: listen to all the things he can place there, too. Yeah. Not necessarily always acting by yourself. Who said that in order Never. to be an objectivist, you had to always act Never. by yourself? Never,
2: ever. I mean, even in the fountain idea of how it mm-hmm. worked with a number of friends and allies and coworkers. I mean, in Atlas Shrugged. And you have an, basically an army of heroes. And this is this just, again, they, they misunderstand. And you have to say she misunderstands her own philosophy. That's what they're saying here. That's what he's saying. Probably. She seems to misunderstand these words and these ideas. But altruism, altruism is not everything that he said. To stand together, that's altruism? To stand no. together? No.
1: Al- altruism is the sacrifice of it a is. greater... Value for either a lesser value or a non-value. Also, and
2: the idea that it, others are more important than me, on principle.
1: Putting others before self.
2: Others are more important than me. Yeah. Everyone else is more important than me. That's altruism, and I think a lot of people don't want to accept that. They want to conflate that with benevolence.
1: Well, and also in his mind, he says, "Well, there's a lot of us who experience joy when we help others." And and let let's get to Don's uh, piece yeah. in a second. After I'm sure that. Clavin has done with this segment because I, I think Don makes an excellent point here. takes that
0: uh, for the nonsense of selflessness, which is the reason all these people come and take your money away. Oh, I'm not doing it for me. I'm not doing it to have powers as Barack Obama. I'm just doing it to be fair to do. You know, when you hear that, you should. Grab hold of your wallet, uh, and she mistakes that uh, those two things, and so she puts together this ethos of selfishness that leads men to blow up orphanages.
1: Okay, let's let's get to the next point after the selfishness later. The, the, so well, we gotta let's get just, to that point. That you yeah, just no, to pull. yeah, we're we're gonna get. It's to a this. terrible point. It's no, it's a terrible. So so, so the, this idea is she confused about altruism? Does she? Ira is one of the only
2: ones who understands altruism.
1: Yeah. Does, <laughs> she does,
2: identified it as yeah. a great danger that it is, yeah. historically
1: does, speaking. Does does she confuse altruism, which is something that he says doesn't exist? Because well, well, he always, says selflessness
2: doesn't exist because altruism is a good. Selflessness doesn't doesn't exist. Altruism good. That, that's what he said. Right, right, right. But that's what, you know, anyway.
1: No, but selflessness doesn't exist, he says, because you're always doing something for your own benefit. In effect, you are... Hobbesian. We're all Hobbesians. Hobbes is right. We're determined. We're always acting in our self-interest. And Rand completely disagreed with that. She said, look, we have free will. We can choose to either act in our self-interest or not. And anybody, and every day any, we
2: get stories. Every day we see stories where people do destroy themselves, where people do go against their own best interests. Every single day. To think otherwise, it's just not honest. It's in order to to uh, oppose Rand, I'm, I'm not going to believe something that I know to be true. It's really sad. I mean, it really is. Yeah.
1: So basically, you can be, uh, you know, Obama, but he doesn't even think that Obama is completely selfish because he thinks that Obama, when he Says that he's doing things for others or for the country. He's, he's the, really he's doing the, it for power and for and, and that somehow that is in some way not selfless. You know, if if Obama is doing things to take have power over people, Rand would say that is completely selfless. Absolutely, is. because it's not in his rational his
2: as president of America, especially it's not.
1: So over at the blog at uh, ARI dot, dot org, the blog. And I've got the link to the particular post. If you go to my blog at don'tletitgo.com, you will see the link to this post. Oh, we got the, the chat needs to be refreshed over here. Okay, here we go. So he, uh, what Clavin is saying here, writes Don Watkins, is that Rand's error is to conflate these two, selflessness and altruism, and then wrongly conclude that the only alternative to selflessness is selfishness, which Clavin suggests means only caring about yourself and not at all about others. And Don says he's not going to cover all the different points, but there's one point that he wants to make, and he says, if you look at how people actually apply the concept of altruism, they often use it in Ayn Rand's sense, which is to describe selflessness or self-sacrifice rather than... Simply doing good for other people, Absolutely. and he's trying to make you think that altruism just means doing good for other people, something you get joy out of.
2: No, he has to do that in order to make his case. But also, don't every day you can find stories of people he sacrificed himself in a noble way. You know what I mean, and they love it. And why? Why would he turn on that now in order to make the case against Ren in this particular issue? That's why.
1: And and sacrifice is praised constantly in sports always, and everywhere. Always. Else, right. Right. And and Don asks a, a good question here. He asks a very good question. When Bill Gates created a software company that made millions of people better off, was he heralded for his altruism? No. Why? Because he profited in the process. So who is actually considered altruistic? Well, the arch example is someone like Mother Teresa. Is it because she helped more people than Bill Gates? No. It's because she sacrificed for the poor. She served them selflessly. That is what's praised. And the idea that you get some emotion out of sacrificing yourself, that you have programmed yourself, you have believed. I mean, here's the you thing. You have went why, against
2: yourself why do you so thoroughly.
1: Why, why, why does somebody experience joy? Somebody would experience joy because you think that something good for you has happened.
2: Yep.
1: Now, if you are doing to, good things, if you're doing good things for other for people. For yourself,
2: for a loved one, for, you know what I mean? I'm saying, I mean, if, you know what I mean?
1: Right, right, right. So you could experience joy when you're doing something for other people in two different ways. One is this person is actually a value to you, and you are furthering your own values by doing the thing, and therefore you experience the joy from that. Naturally. So that is an awesome experience. Now, another way that you might experience joy would be that you have deceived yourself that even though you're doing something for somebody else, And that is a sacrifice, that you are giving up a higher value for a lesser value or a non-value. You may have programmed yourself to experience joy at that because, for instance... Well, you have corrupted
2: yourself to actually get to to that stage.
1: Well, right, right. But maybe you think think that by doing this, you're going to earn a place in heaven, in some afterworld. Or you think, well...
2: People are, people are
1: people are gonna think I'm a good person by the yeah. predominant others, moral position. So, so you experience the joy even though it doesn't further your values in doing this. Now,
2: that's not proof because that this is good. you've
1: messed yourself up. You have you have kind of uh, You've
2: turned yourself inside out.
1: You you've reversed the wiring yeah. in your emotional faculty. And There are all kinds of people who have really messed up their emotional, or their parents have messed up their emotional faculties, so that you are having improper emotional reactions to things. And Rand would say that if you are experiencing joy when you are actually doing something altruistic in her sense of sacrificing a higher value for a lesser value or a non-value, if you're experiencing joy, you have a problem. That's a problem, and so you can't just say, okay, well, therefore I do something nice, I experience joy, and therefore it's all and good. That. And Clavin and seems to, you know, when he's when he's talking there about the different senses of altruism, he seems to see that there's, you know, there's different ways that you could do good things for other people and experience joy. So you know,
2: they says to stand together. That that's altruism. Yeah, that
1: somehow altruism is good. That all of these. Are no, good? But
2: altruism is is everything that's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Altruism is benevolence. I mean, this it's you gotta be, You got to know what you're saying before you take on online rent. you really got to know your stuff. You really do. And you can't take her on by starting with some bad jokes. You really, really can't.
1: No, I know. And I then know. you get
2: into it and you're like.
1: So when uh, let, let, let's finish the example here, for, or not the example, but the, uh, the blog post of Don. He says, Rand doesn't conflate selflessness with helping others in order to sell people on selfishness. He says, instead, it's altruist who conflate those two in order to sell people on self-sacrifice. They offer us a choice. You can either surrender your money, freedom, hopes, and dreams, or else become a monster who doesn't care about others. And he says, Rand rejects that as a false alternative. It ignores the possibility of a person who pursues his own rational interests, neither sacrificing himself to others nor others to himself. For such a person, caring about others isn't unselfish other people are an enormous source of values whether it be of knowledge trade or love and companionship So this idea of everything is simplistic in Rand's world it's all about just trade it's either trade or theft there's knowledge there's love and companionship there's
2: a whole All can encompass also your selfishness I mean they, right. they can you care about them
1: Yeah and he, and he finishes up it's not nothing for Rand that, it's not uh, it's not for nothing that Rand called her theory a new concept. Of Egoism it's different than anything that they've seen before
2: and they have to try to pretend that it's been done before like it's You know bus and that's 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 the best thing about Rand. I'm sorry. Just keep keep going back there It's pretty funny
1: Exactly exactly so there we are about the things that Rand gets wrong now at the uh, the next thing that he goes into He says okay now because she has conflated Selflessness with altruism and selflessness doesn't really exist. You know, he's saying basically she's doing this to sell us on selfishness Listen to how he describes this selfishness. I'm going to back up just a little bit here
0: You know when you hear that you should grab hold your wallet Uh, and she mistakes that uh, those two things And so she puts together this ethos of selfishness that leads men to blow up orphanages because they didn't get the architecture They wanted and you know that's, that's
2: it's the well ethos and good.
1: of selfishness that leads men to blowing up orphanages because they didn't get the architecture they wanted.
2: I mean, that's embarrassing. It's embarrassing that he would actually say that. It is.
1: And then he goes on, listen to this, he says... It's
0: all well and good unless your kid happens to be in the orphanage.
1: <laughs> it's all well and good unless your kid happens to be in the <laughs> orphanage. And they're laughing.
2: I mean, I think that's a bad thing, right? I mean, kid, orphanage, so, your kid. Here North he is, thing. right? No,
1: but but here's, okay. here's what he's doing. He he he's implying that an Ayn Rand hero and he knows that yes. people probably know who oh, he's yeah. talking about. He's implying that an Ayn Rand hero would knowingly <laughs> do something to hurt children yes. just because he didn't get the architecture he wanted. Yes.
5: That's that's wanted.
1: What,
2: that's what he's just saying there. Right. And if someone who just doesn't read Rand might not read Rand and say, oh, my gosh, she's a monster. I won't read it because he, she, she has a hero that blows up orphanages with, with orphans in there.
1: Well, right. And, and, and this is the thing. You know, in, when there is a building in a book that we won't talk about, uh, you can bet that an Ayn Rand hero would not make
2: sure, blow it up with kids. Yeah, make sure nobody's it. there. Make sure nobody's there unless you've got jihadists in there like a. You know, $1,000.
1: Well, and then, and then I love, and for those of you who know the story, you know that this is wrong.
2: It's just the architecture,
1: he wanted. Yeah, I mean, come on,
2: man. I want that one, okay? That's right. It's the twisty architecture one, okay? I want. I want that one. I've,
1: I've been I immi- want that
2: pipe-looking thing.
1: I've been admiring some of these prefab houses lately, you know? If, if I don't get the architecture I want, then I think I'm just going to go man. blow up. I mean, that's man. it. Well, um, that's is,
2: that is embarrassing.
1: In, in and the... you know what?
2: He read Fountainhead. He knows that's not true. He knows that's not true. That's just dishonest, and okay. that's the worst thing. But that's what one of Iron Man's critics—they have to be dishonest, ultimately.
1: I'm wondering if he remembers all the details and he's glossing over some of it. Maybe that he, he needs doesn't to believe this. Really he, needs,
2: he needs to believe it to, um, to dismiss it.
1: The the person in question. It says, let's,
2: let's, if Iron Man was to write a character like that, right? Why would he be talking about her positively, positively in any way? If she's sort of a monster who blows up a building because I didn't like it that way, and some kids died, so what? Why would he be praising her in any way? No, I mean, no, nobody would be be talking about her at that point. Exactly, exactly. BS.
1: No, no. Um, Anyone who, if you've read the book, you remember it's not just because he didn't get the architecture he wanted. (laughs) There was a little bit more
2: to um, yeah, the a lot
1: arrangement more. and the betrayal that, that led to this particular thing. And there were no orphans,
2: no, no orphans.
1: killed in the, in Only the process. Only in Andrew of it.
2: Cliven's mind.
1: So now we're going to go on to Bill Whittle. And again, I'm assuming he didn't say he hasn't I'm read her. I'm assuming he
2: hasn't read her because he's on record saying he hasn't read her. He told us he hasn't read her. He was on a video and said he hasn't read her. So he hasn't read her. And it doesn't sound know. like a doesn't work out We'll
1: see. Long.
3: So here's Bill. I think uh, one of the things that we're seeing today uh, and and seems to get worse and worse every
2: a year. He read a Wikipedia thing uh, before this this video going about Rand. That's okay. why you think he read. So, but
1: also he's he's talking more in the abstract. He says, "I think one of the things that we're seeing today." Now he's he's going to say something in the abstract, but you know he's implying something about Ayn Rand and her followers. So listen to what he says.
2: Among people on our team is people o- on our now team. Listen, yeah, yeah. Think about the, All, wait, put yeah. yeah. IRA is not on our team. I mean well, no no but no no they're here to say she's nonsense, guys. Okay? She's nonsense.
6: Don't well, take her serious
2: no, don't but, take her seriously. Don't. She's nonsense. You right. don't use that word, you don't you don't use that word at all. You wanna have you wanna have a, discre- a video to disagree with Ayn Rand? Go on a more honest premise.
1: Well right, right, but what he's trying to get at here is he's trying to say there are these people on our team who are influenced by Ayn Rand. And they're committing a certain type of error. That's what he's going no, to get he's, at. So, so he's listen. talking
2: about the, the conservative fans of Ayn Rand, not, not objectives per se. Right. The conservative fans of right. Ayn Rand,
3: yeah. Right. So listen here. By the the, the horrors that, that are genuinely there.
1: And we- so so he's basically saying they're reacting to the horrors that are genuinely there. Let me back up a little bit because we missed some of it.
3: Overreaction to things caused by the, the, the horrors that, that are genuinely there. And we worry, as you said many times, I'd never really thought about this before, but, but conservatives are the masters of the worst-case scenario, and that's because we're wired differently than, than liberals. Uh, we, we would rather have our anxiety now so that we can not worry later. They'd rather have their anxiety later because later is not today I don't have to worry about things today.
1: Okay, so he's saying that people influenced by Ayn Rand and the conservative movement, in effect, and he doesn't want to say that ex- yeah. you know, explicitly, but yeah. he's implying it he's because implying he's it. talking about this problem in the context. He's saying... They're overreacting to things that are actually a problem. And now he's psychologizing about why that might be. People who are conservatives, they want to worry now, and liberals, they put off worrying. So it's the, it's the conscientiousness, and Ayn Rand is just part of this overreaction to the things that are going on, and we're just, we're just worrying too much.
2: Um, he's a pretty serious guy, Bill Will. He has videos that I mean, are very serious. So is he overreacting also?
1: That's what you would wonder.
2: No, but that's what I'm saying. It's like he's I guess dismissing that idea, but we got some serious stuff going on, some terrible things in this country. Well, and on.
1: he's done some hard-hitting analysis Absolutely has. of so what's the different point here? problems.
2: But right now he wants he wants to play clown because they want to knock out Iron Rand. Silly.
3: Um so I see people occasionally saying things like, "Oh, you know, you shouldn't have helped that runner up because you know, that, that that's altruism and it's bad and it's you know, self-interest and so on and so forth. Some of the stuff we've talked about before, it's a little bit silly. But
1: so he says people tell him you shouldn't have helped that runner-up. Now, I wasn't clear as to whether he was saying like a runner-up on a contest, but I assume he's saying there's a runner, there was somebody who was running who fell down, that you shouldn't have helped this person get up because that would be altruism and that's bad. And he references he says we've talked about this before. There is an earlier video in which they were talking about that Ayn Rand actually advocates that you don't stop to for example help a drowning kid or something a that baby you could do very
2: side of the street you just walk by.
1: <laughs> you walk by because you know yeah. that's,
2: their, that's their idea. They have to believe that about Ayn Rand. Have to. Jesus would pick her up and snuggle her and kiss her. I mean, but Ayn Rand would walk right over her, And
1: And then he ends it, oh, it's, it's a little bit silly. So what is he doing here? First of all, he's mischaracterizing Ayn Rand's house. He
2: has
5: to.
1: Ayn I Rand to. clearly... And objectivists in general say, hey, we are benevolent people. We don't believe that we have a moral duty. But if you see somebody who is in trouble Absolutely. through no fault of their own, and you can easily go help them. I remember because the day that we were talking about my. this video was not that long ago. And it just happened to be that on that day I had been driving down the street in my neighborhood. And there were four dogs just like running the street, mm. they had been mistakenly let out. And I pulled over my car, and I, I mean, I love dogs, okay? So I pulled over my car, and I got out, and I figured out how to get wait, all these wait, dogs whoa, whoa, whoa. going. You didn't
2: drive into them? Yeah,
1: you, whoa, like whoa, just whoa, whoa, run whoa, whoa, them whoa. over? Yeah, didn't yeah. You do
2: Because that? that's what Bill Will said we would do right right into them, you know? it, it was, run them over.
1: You know, it was it was altru. I love dogs. They're cute. They're adorable. I like to help them. I mean, I think I mean, there there was one time that you were walking with me, right? And yeah, I saw that yeah, dog, and adorable. I tried to read the ID tag, and I made a mistake <laughs> and put him in the wrong yard. <laughs> right, hilarious. <laughs>
6: hilarious.
1: So, I mean, you know, but but Whittle would say, "Oh my God, I'm a bad objectivist yes, for doing this. Yes. I've I've sacrificed my." Because he
2: doesn't understand objectivism. That's the whole point here. They don't get it. So why did they even take it on? Because they have to dismiss her. They have to extract her from the conservative movement as far as they're concerned because she's an atheist. She has no place here, guys. Yeah, like her stuff. She, you know, but this and that. But just fully, she's not us. She's not on our team ultimately. So she has to be jettisoned. That's, that's the, the gist here to me.
1: Yeah. So this idea of saying that, you know, you can't help someone who's fallen down. I mean, you're right there. You can help them out. Uh, I couldn't help the dog. It's dogs a principle not to help, be-
2: right? It's a principle, yeah. That, that's one of the principles, right? Do not help a little baby who's on the
1: street. You know, it'd be funny to do some sort of a caricature (laughs) of when Bill Whittle would say it's okay to help. (laughs) And it's like you're walking and you're able to pick them up without changing your pace at all. And then it's okay. But if you have to stop for two seconds. That's
2: a sacrifice of time. That's right. That's right. So
1: he says it is a little bit silly. And, yes, it is a little bit silly. But, Bill, you've created a straw man here. So he mischaracterizes her view. And... Also we get another example of what Ayn Rand called the argument from intimidation because he just calls it silly and dismisses yeah. it. It's the same thing that Claven did earlier. Yeah. Oh, everybody knows this. chuckle yeah. chuckle chuckle. And what Rand said is, you know, a lot of times when people don't have a substantive argument, what they'll do is they'll call something silly or they'll laugh or they'll try to get everybody just to automatically assume that the view is absurd. Right.
2: They have to do that.
1: Without any sort of argument that basically you would um, kind of condemn anybody who holds that view simply for holding it and leave the view itself unexamined. This is what the argument from intimidation does, and that's what he's doing there. And what's worse is that the thing that he's calling silly is a view that isn't even Ayn Rand, but he's ascribing it to her.
2: Yeah, that's what they have to do. Again, they have to do that, misrepresent her.
1: So let's get to Bill's next point. Well, if
2: they lose, obviously.
1: Let's get to Bill's next point.
3: There is a rebound against so much stuff that's being coerced upon us that certain things that are, in fact, sensible, beast, good, and fundamentally human are also being demonized by conservatives just out of a reflexive kind of a, my God, they're telling us
2: what to do.
1: Okay, so let's unpack this. Yeah, right? and he what says, exactly he says, are you
2: talking about concretely?
1: He says, well, and this is the thing. He says, he says we're being coerced so much. He says that conservatives are demonizing good government programs that are, quote, telling us what to do. And presumably, again, he's talking about all this in the abstract. But in the context, he's saying that somehow Ayn Rand's influence has brought this about, that conservatives are, I guess, being irrational in their opposition to government programs simply because the government programs don't allow them to choose for themselves forces things on them, um, Ayn Rand did hold that insofar as you're not free to choose your values for yourself, if government is forcing you to take certain steps, that is bad in and of itself, even if they're, quote, doing it for right. your own good. And so, so, I mean, is Obamacare okay? I'm on, 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 he, uh, uh, but, no,
2: but that, that's what I'm saying. He's well, he seemed to be okay with some horrible stuff that's going on. It's like uh, because at the end he says something also. Well,
1: I think he would say that he's not, but he. Yeah, but at the end he says
2: something also where. Well, yeah.
1: Well, yeah, we'll we'll see that in a second. But but he's, you know, he's he's blaming this presumably partly on Ayn Rand's influence, and then he doesn't give any examples as to what are the good government programs that people are dismissing because they're overreacting to right. all the coercion that we're experiencing. He doesn't give a single example. So
2: let's also this thing about overreaction, you know?
1: Right, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that in a second, definitely.
2: Ayn Rand
3: was a product of um, of an oppressive police state, and she's got a perfectly good right to be uh, suspicious of a, uh, uh, an oppressive police state.
1: <laughs> so she's from an oppressive police state, so she has a right to be suspicious of an oppressive police state. So none of us uh, the rest of us have a right to be suspicious of a no no because police we didn't live in one
2: yet yeah. you know, we're and, slowly and, going into
1: one. And, and i'm sorry if it's an oppressive police state i'm not just suspicious of no, it no account- yes, i am against
2: it. yes completely directly consciously and you are going to quote quote unquote overreact well
1: and then it, and then if you say okay well she has a right to be suspicious of an oppressive police. Maybe he wasn't speaking exactly. Maybe he meant
2: well, saying, that she has right
1: to be that, suspicious of here. our government that it was becoming an oppressive yes. police state. That's what probably what he meant. They half-assed
2: it here. They, if you want to take on Rand, you better bring it. And they didn't bring it. And they didn't, again, he said, I didn't read Rand. I take him at his word. I could tell.
1: Let's go on and see how he characterizes her view.
3: But I think this idea that some kind of an anarchy is the answer self enlightened anarchy just doesn't it seems to be as utopian as communism is to yeah, be yeah, there
0: is a really good you point.
3: know this yeah. idea that if we could all just be left alone, we'd all yeah. act in our self interest and no no building inspectors would be needed because it would be in the best interest of every single landlord to maintain his elevator because if he did, then there wouldn't be lawsuits that follow and you get this argument sometimes and it's just like it's as it's as utopian as communism uh, is. we already
1: okay so he says that Iran believes in anarchy, which she doesn't. Oh, she needs anarchy. to believe
2: that Iran believes in anarchy,
1: and that she believes that if we're all left free, that everybody would automatically act rationally, and that, for example, Rand all landlords that, would keep Rand the buildings maintained. That?
2: Rand thought evil; she knew it existed far more than some conservatives do well, today. Well, and so so he, conservatives today don't even realize Obama's evil.
1: Well, and he, he ascribes to her that view, and then, of course, I think he rightfully says about that view, that she does not hold, that that view is utopian. Why? Because it doesn't adhere to human nature. Yes, that that's is not, my Rand. That is not human nature.
2: <laughs> no, but, so, no, but Rand is not a utopianist. She's right. not. Never yeah. has been.
1: And Don Watkins, again, does an excellent job addressing this point over at his blog, and if you go to my blog at DontLetItGo.com, you'll see the link to both of Don Watkins' posts in uh, response to Whittle and Clavin here. Uh, he says, take their claim that Ayn Rand is utopian. According to Bill, Rand upholds some enlightened anarchism, which assumes that if you just leave people alone, they will act in their rational self-interest, and therefore no regulations would be necessary, quote, which is utopian as, communism, as we heard Whittle say. He says, I have to say I'm surprised by Bill's comments. He had read Free Market Revolution, which is, that's what, I mean, yeah. Whittle praised the book.
2: Yeah, but, but did he read it?
1: I, I'm not sure, but he said, own Brooke and I addressed this very issue from Rand's perspective. He said, Rand's argument for freedom is not that if we just leave people alone, they'll be rational, and so no government will be necessary. He says, freedom doesn't make people automatically rational. First and foremost, it makes it possible for people to live rationally by barring others from using force. And this is the reason that we bar the initiation of force from right. human relationships, the fundamental is the necessity to act rationally in order to, to sustain our lives, right? right? Just,
4: don't, don't they,
1: force. They, they take lack of force as the central <laughs> principle, but it's, it's for Non-force a reason. Is right.
2: That's the definition, right? It's non forceism That's right. That objectivism And he
1: says, the kernel of truth in Bill's account is that when left free to act rationally, individuals have every incentive to act rationally, since that's what brings you the rewards. The people who flourish and prosper are not moochers, frauds, criminals, but those who choose to think and produce. It isn't in a businessman's interest to, for example, create a building that collapses on the heads of his tenants. He says, but irrational people, yeah, on orphans, that's right. Irrational people will always exist, and he says there, there will be businessmen who create unsafe buildings in order to earn a quick buck, and that's why, contra bill, Rand was not an anarchist, but a defender of limited government. You need government, she held, precisely because people won't always be rational. As Jerome Brooks rational. says,
2: government is a necessary good. That's objectivism. Yes. Not what Bill Willis trying to say. It's embarrassing, mm-hmm. again.
1: And so, I'm uh, skipping down a bit, he says, Rand is not a utopian. Utopians are people who design systems that contradict the facts about human nature. And the way that Whittle was characterizing right. Rand's view, it did contradict. Absolutely. But Rand's actual view which is not an anarchist view because she realizes that people won't automatically be rational and that we need government to redress the wrongs, right? That is Rand's view it is not a utopian view. It takes into account human nature. So excellent, Don, thanks yeah. very much for
2: very good. answering yeah, that. We phone calls. Maybe we want to go through this. Maybe. It's... Yeah, let me, let me yeah. try it.
1: Let me see if I can uh, finish up here. We're going to run out of time. I'm afraid actually, it's going to be the problem here. So, I think we've got everything on that. It um,
2: looks like Debbie and uh,
1: Stuart. Yeah. So not not a utopian. Uh, no.
2: Not, not a utopian. Not it's
1: an anarchist. Assuming, yes, it's, it's
3: assuming that everybody will behave virtuously all the time, and they wait, don't. Wait, but no. i And they don't.
2: But don't these guys believe that a utopia comes after life? Like, after?
1: Utopia is okay when well, we're in heaven and yes. we automatically no, but, all but act these well. these guys
2: believe in that, is what I'm saying. Right, right.
1: Yeah. Let's um, let's get to the next so, one. So
3: to that degree that there's there's a certain uh, nonsense about it, it is a, I think it's an overreaction to the to the horrible power that the state has. But when all is said and done, I think she's right on the money on the, in the place where being on the money counts.
1: And he's going to go on and praise her for a bit, but listen to that. he says it's an overreaction to the horrible power that the state has. Now, what is the overreaction? Now, anarchy would be yes. an overreaction to the horrible power of the state. Well, but Rand's Iran. no, no. Rand's view is that government is potentially the most dangerous entity is. to human life. Why? Because it has a legalized monopoly on this use of force.
2: To so, recognize that fact.
1: So, so, so the the entity that is potentially the most dangerous, and inimical to human life, it you know getting the power spiraling out of control in America, which is the one country where she thought it would maybe never happen.
2: Right.
1: She's overreacting, and you know again, uh, you, again you you point out he he has been yes,
2: he's been excellent about Excellent,
1: excellent on some issues. He's been
2: very serious about it. Right. Right. He's quote unquote overreacting, right? You cannot be overreacting to what's happening today.
1: So what I so what I want to know is what is an appropriate reaction? She sees what's going Mocking on. Wrench. She recognizes
2: That's what he she
1: recognizes that the right to the pursuit of happiness, among other rights, has never gotten a proper well, philo- they... wait, has never gotten a proper philosophical defense. She creates a philosophy defending that she defends it, and she goes out and explicates it. Defends it. She portrays heroes who live by the philosophy.
2: Conservatives have no iron rent.
1: And this is an no, overreaction. But they have
2: no iron rent. There's no iron rent in, in conservatism. They can't be but what I'm saying. They don't have that that figure that is so dominant, so powerful, so life changing. They don't have that. And I think some of them just flat out resent it. I think the left does, and I think some of the right do it as well. But she's I'm so powerful, they have to talk about her. They can't dismiss her. So, therefore, let's just call her nonsense and spend, all, what, this whole video about it. Right. Because, you know, she's just nonsense. I mean, it's just silly.
1: Let me, let me play the last little bit here. And there's a, one more thing I want to talk about, his comment.
2: That, that cooperation
3: and trade and the ability to seek your own happiness are the qualities that make a Disneyland and that, and that, the, and that the parasitical class that is working the producers to death In the name of moral superiority to take from those who are working to
1: give to people who not only can't work but don't want to work. Okay, so listen to all of the package that he puts Mm -hmm. together. So you're working them not just hard but to death, okay? So it's bad to work them to death. Uh, it's bad to feel morally superior about this when you're taking from them and you're giving it to people, not just people who can't, because I guess somehow if it's people who can't work, maybe that would be okay too. Yes, yes, clearly uh, so, that is. But people who don't want to work. So he's he's playing it very safe, right? He's saying, look, there's this very one safe thing I can say as a conservative that Ayn Rand really Nails. But see, Ayn Rand does more than that. A and lot and, more. and a lot of the things that you are, Bill, little implicitly accepting here, which is that well, as long as you're not working them to death, maybe it's okay. As long as you're not claiming you know, moral superiority, maybe that's okay. Or as long as you're giving to people who can't work versus people who don't want to work, maybe that's okay. These are the implications that he leaves uh. here. So let me just continue. And claiming the moral
3: high ground in the, in the process, I think that's when she's right on the sweet spot. And when she gets into the specific language of how these thieves operate, And the mechanisms of their laws,
0: she's unequaled. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, you know, you make an excellent point, too, that when the left abuses terms like fair, oh, you've got to pay your fair Mm -hmm. share, or caring, you don't care like I care because I support government programs. Uh, When they misuse terms like uh, racist, they call you racist just because you've noticed some Mm -hmm. truth about the the, uh, operation of the world. It's very natural for the the rest of us to back up and take the opposite stance. Oh, I'm against fairness. I'm against caring. Mm-hmm. I'm for yep. 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 racism. And it's just a trap. It's a trap. Natural. Okay. 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 So, so, so
1: listen to this, right? He's, he's saying basically that the, <laughs> the liberals are throwing these terms out there. And he says, it's natural for us to say that we're against fairness. We're against caring and for racism. 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 And what he's implying here is that this is what Ayn Rand and her fans or followers Do or have influenced um, in the conservative movement in some way, which is wrong, wrong, wrong. She's certainly for fairness. She just doesn't define fairness as egalitarianism like the nihilist left does. Uh, She's certainly for caring, but she's not for caring for people that you have no connection to whatsoever. How about caring for her loved ones or, and or, she or is certainly against racism uh you need to go <sighs> now, now I, I think he was being a little sloppy there i don't think he's accusing but you know matter. but the point he is, is the way that he's saying it in the context in which he's doing it he's implying and there are people who are ready to believe yes, this
2: that's that that's the whole point they have tried to discourage people from reading iran they're saying she's nonsense guys get away from her okay go read uh, some conservative writers
1: so, so they're portraying Ayn Rand as actually, you know, holding an indefensible position. They're mischaracterizing her views.
2: Overreaction. They're, they're
1: saying, yeah, it's a knee-jerk overreaction to bad stuff that's out there. And then they have this whole weird thing in the end about Weimar. Weimar, is the
2: only one keeping things together.
1: Weimar Germany. And I don't know enough about the history, but Bill Whittle says that some businessmen in Weimar Germany really were doing bad things. And so, therefore, it's like they should have been paying more taxes to save Germany or some not. You know, I, I, I don't even you, want to unpack it. You know, or sometimes
2: you are going to find yourself agreeing with these terrible things and just to all, I mean it's just at that point it got real, real sloppy.
1: Well and, and at the end they just are joking yeah. and, I, and I think we're basically done we with it. Can I take
2: this. two quick calls? I,
1: I can maybe take one quick call or two quick calls. Who was the first call? I
2: think it's Debbie and then I think it's uh, Stuart and I don't know the third.
1: Debbie's the only one who's got the but, but question only, mark. Only, Hi Debbie.
2: Only a minute each though.
1: Hi Amy. Hey, yeah, we've got a couple me? minutes. Uh,
6: well, um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty blown away by this video I watched last night, and and that was uh, there's so much that I'd like to say about it, but I know we're short on time. Uh, one thing that I was struck by was the, the sheer superficiality of it. I mean, well, it barely even qualifies as superficial because the stuff they were attacking wasn't even part of objectivism, but. But it was sort of a farcical, like um, just a ridiculous version of it. But also, it was only on mostly on the political level, and then just kind of on the ethical level with the whole business about how Iran is against any form of helping people or things like that. They don't seem to even be aware. I would be curious to know if they're aware of the fact that she formulated an entire. Philosophic system so much more intricate, so much more depth and breadth to it than just politics and, ethics. and right. I mean,
1: jokes. I mean, you know, think think about this: if 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 Bastiat had done the work that Rand had done, yeah. then we wouldn't be in the mess we are right now.
2: Yes, but he was yeah, very, very focused. You and, know, and then and, you're,
1: oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead.
6: Security, lightweight to say the least, these intellectual lightweight, saying things like, I think in the beginning, Clavin said, Ayn Rand just failed to consider such and such, and uh, I can't remember what it was it was referred to, it was last night that I watched it, but just the the dismissive way they talk about, oh, she's just kind of got a knee-jerk reaction to certain things, and to to, to talk about her in such a contemptuous way, uh...
1: Yeah, you know, I'm just blown away by it. Almost well, misogynistic in a sense
2: where a woman is going to overreact and, sometimes. And, and, and you know what
1: here, I mean? here's, here's the question I have for them. And, it, you know, Whittle, to his credit, he mentions as something that she does that's good is that she names the fact that the ability to seek your own happiness. Now, it's not just the it's not just the ability it's the right having the moral right to seek your own happiness that is what rand uniquely defends i challenge them to come up with anybody else who provides a philosophical not a religious faith based defense but a philosophical defense of the right to pursue your own happiness and uh, pursue your own happiness and this is what they're throwing out you know
2: we're uh i don't
1: i don't think we're going to even be able to get another call here just, i'm just i no i'm i'm really okay. sorry we're not going to be able to do it so um, Debbie, I don't know if they're going to cut you off. We will talk to you, but I want to let anybody know if we're going to be cut off, there's still going to be some recording going on. If you want to continue the conversation, if you want to make some more comments on the video, please go to my blog at don'tletitgo.com and feel free to leave comments there. We'll also keep the chat room open here for a little bit. Stuart, but I
2: call in next week, Stuart, I about do, this.
1: Yeah, I do, I do think that Blog Talk Radio is going to cut us off in uh, a few seconds. But Debbie, we can try and stay on the line with you. Um, anything else? Because we'll still be recording for people can listen on the podcast even if it's cut off.
6: Okay. Um, yeah, well, just to the, the point about um, about the, the superficiality, Harry Binswanger wrote a really good post in HPL. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but to that effect, making the point about how much or uh, how unfathomably much more to objectivism there is than the superficial critics seems to understand. Um, and uh, I also have some other points, but if we're running out of time, I can just...
1: Uh, no, no, go the, out. You the, You can go ahead and make them. We are recording, but I think probably the broadcast itself is cut off. But for podcast listeners, they would definitely want to hear. Go ahead. Okay.
6: Um, the thing about Bill little comments about the regulation and how the lack of regulation... He up the false dichotomy, and actually, what's interesting is that these people, these conservatives, when they attack Ayn Rand, they come off sounding like leftists. And um, specifically, like, when Whittle said, oh, she thinks that we shouldn't have regulations, but then goes on to say that the present the alternative as everybody's basically on the honor system. So the, the alternative then is either preemptively the government watch it controls the risk and you do it, dictates how you're going to do it. Or it's just a free for all and people are supposedly on the honor system and we have to count on everyone to be benevolent all the time. Rather than right, right. the fact yeah, that the government could act on people's behalf in a punitive way or in um, you know, kind of arbitration or like in a civil court sort of way, you could sue someone and he's just not acknowledging any of that. So, no, no, exactly.
1: Um, and, and um, you know, the, the other day I saw this story and it was the Federal Trade Commission has done some sort of settlement with Google and apparently in some of the apps, the Google apps, kids were able to make purchases without truly consenting, right? So I could see that you could have even specific government agencies with specialists trying to figure out what would actually be consent in the context of using an app on a game, you know, a game app and a phone and would, should kids be able to consent and purchase things and be financially obligated to, to buy them or not? These are valid issues. These are actual valid things. And, and, and if, you know, there's a, there's a company that is taking money off of parents' credit cards because of what kids are unknowingly doing while they're playing a game that's some kind of fraud, potentially now you know again you 'd have to look at the substance of the particular case, but that would be a valid government function, but it wouldn't be regulation in advance, it would be redressing a grievance after the company has done something wrong, right
6: exactly, and I mean if they had read anything that she's written about even the political theory, they would know that she is- that just, I don't know how many times that the purpose of the government is to protect you against force and fraud, and then to give the examples of the courts and the military and the police, and I, I just don't know how they could not have accounted that, unless they just didn't read her at all.
1: Right, and, and again, we don't know how much Whittle has read. It sounds like he probably skimmed something that impressed him in terms of the language, the descriptive language of some government wrongdoing, but other what than that, be, go ahead. I'm
2: sorry. He watched, maybe he just watched the Atlas Rush
6: movies and they were just so bad.
2: <laughs> that sounds right, actually. That sounds perfect. as deep as that. Yeah. Oh. Atlas Rushed.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's Bosch's name for the movie. Is Atlas Rushed? Mm-hmm.
2: Terrible.
1: That's sad. Yeah. It's really. And anything else, Deb? Or actually, we're gonna try and take. Uh, Actually I I don't know if the other callers here are just hanging on to listen well, well, or know, whether they actually have a question.
2: Well uh, he never
1: He didn't he didn't but, ever hit the question but, icon.
2: But uh But I did th- he
1: say in the chat room that he wanted? Yes, to? Oh okay, yes. okay. so is that cool with you Deb if we go ahead and take another call? <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Uh, Good okay, talk to
1: excellent. Them. Thanks for calling in Deb and we'll talk to you next time. Okay, here we go.
4: Are you there Stuart? Hi. Are you there, Stuart? Hi, I'm here. Can you hear me? Hi. How
1: Yeah, so we're still recording. I don't think we're broadcasting live anymore, but at least I think those who are here can hear us. So that's excellent. Thanks for calling in.
4: Oh, thank you. Um, So I want to know if you heard Bill Will do another video, I think it was around 2009, that I think sheds a lot of light on this. He says he's a big fan of Thomas Sowell's constrained vision theory, and it's that. This is how he characterizes the left and the right. That's the problem with the left, is that they are utopian. They think they, they think flattering things about mankind. They think man is morally perfectible. You know, they think mm. humans are good. Passionality is good. And this means humans can be morally perfect, which means completely altruist. And, of course, that's a big failure. See, and, Mark, and Sol believed all of that at one time. And at one point, he realized, no, humans are not naturally altruist. But if that's true, it means humans are not rational, they're not perfectible, they are fallen and crummy. And we have to be cynical and realize we can't do any better than capitalism. It's selfish, but we're stuck with it.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: So, so they resent Rand for challenging that whole idea. The, the idea that you could defend capitalism and be a morally. And be a, you know, yeah, exactly. So they resent the uh, assumption on her part that he can be better than he is. I mean, it's just, it's, I think that's also, it's like a don't, don't, don't put on me, man. You know?
4: Don't uh, shit on me, you mean? No, like,
2: like, no, don't, don't, don't get on me, Rand, to try to say that I can be better than I actually am.
1: Well, right. My grandmother would have said, don't, don't shit on me, which means don't tell me that I should do something.
2: Don't shit on me. No, but there's an assumption there on their part, like, Rand's telling me to step up. Who is she? I I resent that, you mean? Yeah, yeah, she is, because you can. And you, you know, you, 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 know Stuart, you choose not to, it's your problem. Stuart,
1: that would make sense, too. I mean, if we integrate it with Clavin's view that Well, they're that both he was Christians saying,
2: as far as I know.
1: Well, right, and, and he was saying that people basically automatically act in their self-interest, and the thing that they're pursuing they when they are acting for other people is joy. So this is it. they're always trying to get something out of it. And the only problem is if People you're trying to get the it. wrong so – it's, so, it's, so it's okay. So no, no
2: one does it out of resentment like, yeah, I, I well, want to help these bastards because well, I'll means, get uh, you know, some, some, some payoffs it's, it's, in the it's, afterlife.
1: It's, it's okay if you're getting nothing but joy in this life out of it. But if you are getting something else, then somehow that's bad. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, d- decent observations. So you think that that explains Whittle's positions also in this video?
4: Yes, and I don't know if his mind can be changed because um, soon after he did that video, he actually interviewed Elon Journal. They, they talked about that very thing where Elon Journal said, you know, Ayn Rand's view is neither of those. She's, she's for human beings. She believes in the greatness of humankind and mm-hmm. thinks it is good to be self-interested and care about eudaimonia and human flourishing and all that. And... Bill Will was very respectful. He was very civil. There was no rancorous arguing, none of that shouting you see on Fox News. It was very good. No, no, good. He's, he's, always, he's always very nice, always very nice. Yeah, yeah, it was very cordial. And he said, uh-huh, uh-huh, and he listened to the Elon Journal. And soon after that video was over, and I started watching Bill Will's normal videos, he just went back to being the way he was before. He said all the same things as he did before. It was, a, it was as if that conversation never happened. Mm. so so I think that so a friend of mine said well maybe you know, Yarnbrook can talk to them about it and my suspicion is that if Yarnbrook went and talked to them about it you know Bill Will would be very nice and he'd say okay I'm listening you know and Yarnbrook would say what he needed to say and it would be very friendly and I think after that Bill Will would say the same things he said before as if there was no dialogue that's my suspicion
1: so then basically it's a self-fulfilling uh, prophecy in the, in, because he's saying that people can't be changed and he's not changing.
4: Well, I don't know. You're,
1: sp- you're supposed to laugh. That was a joke.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Nobody also, you know, he presents the idea that he should. I mean, that he can and should.
1: I mean, he, he, Rand, he, he is a smart guy. He's an accomplished he is. guy. He's a that's knowledgeable why this is, that's guy. That's why this is
2: embarrassing. That's why this is well, absolutely embarrassing.
1: I mean, I think he's set in his ways.
2: No, but the, no, what I'm saying is he's, he's talking about Iran, who he hasn't read at all, and he's talking about her philosophy. He's going to misunderstand it naturally, so he should shut his trap. Clavin talked about it, let him yap away, but he got it wrong, too, even though he claimed to well,
1: have, again, to I mean, have this, read it. Well, and again, I noted that Whittle was talking about things in the abstract. He had to. And he was talking about them in the abstract and yet but implying then, something about was the influence about them, of Rand but on but the conservatives. But was talking
2: about them in yeah. the concrete, in the wrong concrete of yeah. orphans being killed in a blown up building. <laughs> I mean? He was wrong about the abstract. He was wrong about the concrete. So, you know, nice, nice uh, takedown of Rand, please.
1: You know, the thing that really gets you about this is that these are intelligent Fellow travelers in the sense of anti leftist And they're
2: basically telling the – I think, I think I know at least Clayton was a former liberal leftist. I don't know about Whittle. And they still cling to some of that stuff. They well, still, but it's not just they, that. It's that. They think of that.
1: it. Here, here is Ayn Rand, who is one of the most – she is, I think, the most. But they have to say
2: yeah, she, she
6: is
1: she – yeah. they, they, they even from, have to concede from, that. From their perspective, she is one of the most powerful allies and oh, then God. and then they're mischaracterizing her view. Yes, and so to their viewers. suppose suppose you're a liberal and you watch this video, you, and and here are these guys who are supposedly conservatives and even they are saying certain things about Ayn Rand. I, I, basically if you're a liberal you just say, "Oh yeah, well that's what I always thought about her too." Isn't that yes. great? So they're
2: con- much the same. they're
1: contributing to the dismissal of Rand. They are. In an unfair way. That's a terrible way.
2: thing. And uh, people have been doing that for the last few years. I think there was someone recently we had to talk about it. Someone else was dismissing Rand in a wrong way. They just can't, they can't get over her atheism. They just can't do it. They can't do it. Yeah. And that's their problem.
1: Well, and I think that tells you there that the fundamental is not this non-initiation of force. There's so much more <sighs> to it. Any, anything else, Stuart?
4: Oh, yeah. I think a big hurdle with them when they say, you know, you can't have absolute morality without God I think they're equivocating absolutes with intrinsicism. They think mm-hmm. if you say this principle is absolute, it means there's nothing left to be said about it. I'm telling you everything you need to know, to know right now. There's nothing else to be questioned. No more investigation or debates to be had. I'm giving you everything you need to know. You know, and in the, in, you know, like like what the Bible says, like the Ten Commandments. They, exactly. They, they, they have to understand that. To see that principle is objective means it's consistent. You can test it, and it is subject to testing, subject to nuance. Can learn more, new aspects about it. Can look at new angles. Subject to being
1: applied applied in certain contexts, and that it sometimes can be difficult to apply morality in certain contexts. All of that stuff. You know, that thought did occur to me when I was making my notes about the fact of you know what what they mean by absolute, but the fact that he didn't make a single substantive argument after making that assertion that all he did was talk about Nietzsche and the Marquis de Sade and, you know, oh, everybody knows that you can't do this. He didn't make a single substantive point about why it was impossible. I, I didn't even want to give him the credit of, you know, oh, well, it's because he's got this, this idea of absolutist well, they, morality. They, they
2: believe that atheists can't have a morality. They, I mean, they really have to believe that there's something wrong with it. Atheism, first of all, there's something wrong with atheism to begin with, by the, by the nature well, of
1: it. Well, think about this, right? If they believe that it, it's impossible, then this is why you see all those polls where they say the last politician that I ever want to elect atheist. is an atheist. Yeah. Why? Because they don't trust us. So there are atheists, of course, who are just relativists right, and everything else. Yeah. But if you're an atheist and you say, look, I have moral principles by which I guide my life, and these principles... Some of them sound a lot like your moral principles, and yet I have a rational foundation for them. It's not based on faith. And you tell them, you know, there's well, to be
2: di- honesty to be and justice and, and
1: integrity and all these things. And they say, oh, that person must be lying. Yeah. They're just full of crap. No, but they
2: have to believe that's what I'm saying because they're like, morality is religion is God. Without God, well, right. there is no morality. You know. He,
1: so then we seem dishonest to yes. them, I think. And and I guess you know, I've I've friend requested Bill Whittle long ago. And he's never answered my friend Well, we've met him in person.
2: He's been a little cold to us here and there. He has, and but he's and friends he with you us, on
1: Facebook, I think. Isn't he? I think
2: he? he is. Maybe. I mean, I know we, we interacted, but, he, but he's been cold. And yeah. the, you know, what? we asked him, "Have you read Iron He He's no. People keep telling me that. Why? Why do you think, Bill?
1: It's because he has a lot of substance, yes, opinions, and, and that's the whole point. And again, this, this, is, this yeah, and that, and that is why, and that's why it's worth spending time on this when he.
2: Well, well, the out, of
1: when he singles out that cooperation and trade and the ability to seek your own happiness is what leads to Disneyland, basically the happiest place on earth, that's something. And it's just sad that he would dismiss...
2: Because other conservatives in, do dismiss the and, whole idea of happiness.
1: Well, like right, um, and, and that he would dismiss in such a casual way the woman right. who has given the best, and as far as I know, only philosophical defense of this just, just the missed right
5: to, to in, in,
1: in these
4: videos. Any Anything else, Stuart? Oh, yeah. Um, Bosh, in the previous video where he said he didn't read Ayn Rand, that was in 2011. So, you know, I don't want to... So, maybe... maybe it's, I'm just thinking it might be possible that he's read something of her since then.
2: Possibly, though, since he noted it then... And meaning he had to be somewhat honest. Said, well, I haven't read her, but I'll say this. This time, I, I imagine he would have said, well, since since you know, in the last few years, I've read her, and this is what I, what I understand from her. Well,
1: he does refer in the video to specific language of hers describing the wrongs that government does. He told us he hasn't read her, it, and,
2: and he said in video he hasn't read her.
1: Okay, but that was years ago. I'm,
2: it's Not years ago. A, yeah. couple, a couple years ago.
1: 2011, three years ago.
2: Okay, three years.
1: He said three years to what read from What I'm saying is, you're going
2: to go on a record, I haven't read Ayn Rand at all, and then you're just going to read her without any announcement of it, especially when you talk about her. I imagine mm-hmm. you're going to mention it. I imagine you're going to say, well, since you know, the last few years, I've been I've been – Putting all, putting on, but now I finally read her.
1: Maybe he's read some passages. It'll be of, nice to know. Maybe he's read some passages. It'll be worse know.
2: for him if he has, but it'll be nice to know.
1: Maybe he's read some passages of Rand in the context of Don and Yaron's book.
2: Maybe he has. That's and Rand that's context, that. Yeah. And that's that. It's it possible. Could, it could be. But then again, Claiborne you know, Claiborne said he read almost all of, her, all of her all of her work, and to be to well, mischaracterize her, it her that major way, works yeah. and
1: a lot of her minor works. Yeah.
2: Anyway.
4: There are no minor works for Rand. By the way,
1: Okay, so uh, anything else, Stuart? <laughs> I feel like it.
4: Yeah, Clavon, Clavin, and Bill will keep saying they're hassled by rabid objectivists. Kind of makes me wonder, you know, what what do they mean by that? Are they getting really angry, angry diatribes against them? You know, how dare you? Or is it that just people are are people just you know make you know people writing very civil things to them? Talking about what they appreciate about their show, and then just addressing the issues, you know, because sometimes you say things that are very nice and civil, and people still interpret it as mean criticism. So it makes yeah, me wonder. Yeah, and I,
1: I don't know I don't know what they've gotten. I mean, I know that what you're describing is the spirit in which I intend this entire critique. Because you, again, I don't know too much about Clavin's work, but I've seen a number of Whittle videos that I have just loved. And have really respected a, a lot of what he's done. So I, it's uh, to me, it's just it's just sad that you have somebody who is an accomplished intellectual, you know, public intellectual out there, and who is misrepresenting someone who is a personal value. But not only, you know, it's funny. I, I was trying to think of how to formulate this earlier, and I was like, she's she's a personal value to me, but the reason is because of what a tremendous value that she. Is to the entire civilization Absolutely. surviving? I mean, you know, here's this very important figure, and to be disrespectful of her, you know, I just, I,
2: eye, imagine the world today without Irene.
1: Anyway, it's just so, a darker place. So yeah, it just it just hits me, and it, it you know, I think past couple times that I've seen Bill Whittle at events, I haven't even tried to speak to him, and I figure I guess there's not a point no, because we have such a difference.
2: Yeah, we've gotten the. Yeah.
1: It's but to me, it's just sad because I have I really like. A lot of the stuff they've done, as far as Clavin goes, you know, he seems like an affable guy. It doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like he would have initiated some of those jokes about the gay uh, stuff.
2: No, no, they they have some influence, and they basically they use their influence to tell their viewers, uh, Rand, I mean, don't take it seriously. Don't don't you you don't have to read her anyway, okay? Don't worry about it. Read some, you know, read us, and that's about it. Right. And that's what I really resent because it's trying to discourage people from reading the one writer that makes the biggest difference in
4: their lives. You know know what I think is sad about this is that it's consistent with the stereotype about conservatives. You know, I often hear people say, I don't like conservatives. They're so, you know, they're so uptight and stuck in their ways. They don't want to consider any new viewpoints. They don't want to consider anything that challenges the status quo. That's why they're called conservatives. You know, and in this case, I think that does apply, where basically he just hears that Ayn Rand used the word altruism and selfishness in a way that he hadn't considered before and there's this, just this immediate dismissal. Nope. Everyone knows selfishness means you're like Al Capone and you go around robbing people. Therefore, <laughs> selfishness cannot be good. Yeah.
1: It would be terrible if you helped that little baby on the side of the road.
2: <laughs> it's
1: it's, just, it's I, so I, silly. Yeah.
2: It really is. It's yeah. silly. And these... These are older men. I think they're in their fifties. That's also a reason why they probably can't change. I mean, they're they're truly stuck in their ways. That
1: is not true, though, because again, I, I know But what I'm saying
2: is, they knew they of... clearly are not. They clearly are not, and that that could be a factor. They're like locked in. That's it. I what more do I need to learn? I'm I'm an older man now. That's well,
1: not. I think I think they're both in the Southern California area. If either of them wants to have coffee and discuss more, I'm certainly open to it. I would.
2: Love to talk to you. I'd like more. to film it. A video with you taking them on. <laughs> I mean, seriously, wiping the floor but with them. Just, I mean, just taking them on. Would you just I'm saying, I mean I would, ever, I, would, I, would I would like to no, see it no
1: no floor wiping with anybody needed, with anybody. They with needed, they
2: you, needed you they needed your own there. You know, and then let's let's have a real conversation here about Ian Rand and what she actually meant. That would have been interesting. I mean they would have walked away, you know, beaten and, you know, roughed up, but you know, intellectually. In but I would like to see that. I'd like to, to see you there. I'd like to see your own there. Don. Like, yes, Don. I mean, not not all at, at one time it would be overkill. You know what I
1: mean? I, yeah. If, you know, if, they'd run. If you if you had the two guys and you had Don and your own, that would probably do it very yes. easily. But... They'll say,
2: actually, that's wrong. Well, let me tell you what I actually meant. And Oncar. then argue against that. On fire. Yes. Would... Then argue against what her actual position is.
1: But it's, it's not it's what you it, think It is. sounds like Alon did an admirable job talking to Bill Whittle. It didn't have an effect. But well, anyway, we'll see. Always open to the discussion, and, yeah, guys, I just wish that you hadn't treated in such a casual way, <laughs> such a, 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 a dismissive thinker. way, Rand, who, you know, again. There's nobody like her. No one.
2: Nobody. And that's mm-hmm. not just as objective. Even conservatives will concede see that to a point. They will. There's nobody like her.
1: They probably didn't anticipate that people would be nitpicking the video the way that we just did, but probably not. That's what I'm doing. I'm doing because it's important.
2: It is important. I mean, the misrepresentation also, and also the 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 thing where they dis they discourage people to read her. That's not good at all. Let people decide. And also, you read her before you talk about her. It's like about Islam. Imagine if I just jumped into the infidel without without reading everything I get my hands on about Islam. It's stupid. You know, Miller did that. He said uh, I don't I don't know squat about Islam. After you made a a yeah, now yeah, about, yeah, yeah. about jihad,
1: right, right, right.
2: It's just not honest. It's not.
1: Well, I'm I'm getting a little tired here because we're coming up on 12 hours since I started broadcasting this morning three, for Tammy Bruce. Almost, Can you believe almost
2: that? Almost hours. It, uh,
1: Bosh, you seem radio. like you could go on. Do you do you, do you want to keep talking?
2: Yeah, I mean, about you, on. Well, yeah, no. you you and Stuart. No, that's no, fine. I mean, I, I, uh, this, oh, this, is, this is your show. <laughs> What, what don't I let share? don't let it go. Your show. Don't let <laughs> don't let your
4: you know your show go. <laughs> I did want to ask you just one quick thing about terminology. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about the word Eudaimonia You know, the word Aristotle used for human flourishing. Because whenever I stand for selfishness or egoism, people say, "Oh, that means you do whatever you feel like doing. You you get pay revenge whenever you can, or you only care about money." And I say, "No, there's this idea called Eudaimonia that Aristotle Mm -hmm. talked about, means good spirits. It's Greek for good spirits. You know, demon meant, and the word demon meant a good spirit before Christianity changed the the meaning of that word. And I say the idea is that in the long term, throughout your life, you know, you create harmony and inner peace. You do what's in your own self-interest, peaceably. And it's win-win. And when you deal with other people, you have win-win relationships.
1: Mm -hmm. So
4: I say Mm -hmm. that's what I mean by selfishness. So, and,
1: about, so so, would your idea that you would just replace the term selfishness with eudaimonia
4: no, i I don't like it when people say, "Oh, if you only use a different word, stop using selfishness, I don't mean that, but no. but in addition to selfishness, I say by selfishness, I mean eudaimonia okay
1: I don't necessarily think that's bad at all as 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 a shorthand. Some people would may, maybe still not understand that term without further explanation. So then you might wonder why have the intermediate term as opposed to just do the the fleshing out directly. But that's just an initial thought. And I am not a meta, meta-ethetician. Is that what you would call it? A meta-ethicist? meta-ethicist. Ethetician sounds like esthetician, which is cosmetic. A meta-ethicist. Meta-ethics. I don't do it. Uh, not Not well anyway, but... You know, I, I don't necessarily think in in conversation that it would be bad to use the term. Have people told you would, that it's bad to use that term? I mean, it's kind of cool to talk about a conception of the good that the Greeks had before Christianity. I, I love going back to the Greeks and seeing how much they knew about life and, and the right. human condition. I mean, I, I just finished reading the uh, uh Oristia, the The Trilogy. And in the humanities, which is the last installment in the, in the trilogy, there's explicit connections made between a society having proper rules of justice, society being just, and having happiness and prosperity. and the idea that, that the Greeks in, in Athens that the, the goal was and that they felt that they deserved to have victory without guilt or remorse that in, in effect they rejected unearned guilt right and this is right. in right. Aeschylus and right. this is uh, 400 and some odd BC it's amazing so I, I don't. I think that, uh, the value the of it is, is just to say look that they're very smart people you know who have in the past recognized this concept identify this concept and then flesh out what the concept is that there's more to this than the typical gloss of, of selfishness you you might think that in just in terms of getting content across it's not necessary to do that but I think sometimes it is interesting to just talk about the the history of conceptions and, and how any of these moral concepts are going to be universal across societies so you've got the rational Greek culture reaching you know, some of the same concepts that we're looking at today. So that's that's my nine thirty at night when I started at ten in the morning take on on that. But um I like it. And I probably I, I probably wouldn't have been as struck by it if I hadn't just read read Aeschylus. Oh.
4: Well that's all. <laughs> is
1: that all okay so i mean when when you when you've done this when you've brought in the concept if people said oh you you, you," i think you said something that they they say don't bring in this other concept just stick with selfishness
4: um no they say they say no just don't say selfishness don't say eudaimonia just talk about individual rights and try to sound like thomas jefferson Mm. that's
1: we hold these truths to be self-evident, right? And if well, it was self-
4: not self-evident,
1: <laughs> well, and if and if it was self-evident, yeah. we wouldn't be here, it, well, no, you we'll know, talking vision. about these problems with Bill Whittle and, and Clavin, because they, I mean, basically, if it if it had been self-evident, then there wouldn't need to be an Iron Man. But it's not self-evident. There needs to be a philosophical defense. There's a woman
2: arming us for the world. And these guys uh, take the opportunity just to discourage their viewers to to read her. To what end? I mean, because she's an atheist, to dismiss her on that end. And then someone suggested, well, objectivism needs uh, some religion in it. I mean, it's just, it's not religion. It's impossible. It can't happen. Religion won't make it good. It can't make it anyway. It's like saying, okay, so we have to make this religion more rational now. We have to make this religion atheistic. It's just, it's silly.
1: Reason is our well. means of gaining knowledge and our means of survival, and, and that's uh, Rand's unique contribution. So I think, I don't know, is the chat room shut down? Or I think
2: so. There's only, only a few.
1: Only a few left there.
2: But no more. Uh,
1: Thank you, Stuart, for calling in.
2: There's someone else. Uh, someone Thank else can. You.
1: And we'll talk next time. We actually do have one more call. I guess we'll try to take it for a couple yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see who we have. Hi, who's this?
5: Hey, Bosh and Amy, this is Dan Harris. I called uh, well, about a year ago, First, so was my second time calling.
1: Oh, okay, excellent. Uh, how's it going, Welcome Dan. back.
5: Thanks. Um, it's really disappointing hearing about that. You know, I I don't have much time to get uh, the news, so, you know, listen to you guys and uh, some of Mark Levin, and it's just sort of, you know, he says some bad news and it's depressing, and this is, you know, sort of depressing for the reasons you guys have said. Um,
1: we, did, so, we we didn't mean to depress you. We just thought that this was something that was worth discussing. Well, it pissed me
5: off.
2: I think yeah. it bugged us. Def-
1: yeah, I'm all you know,
2: Whittle's a good, a good guy. He's you know he is a fellow traveler. He is fighting yeah. the good fight against evil, and he decides to uh, basically dismiss one of the powerhouses that he should right. be trying to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know some of
5: the weakness that I see. Uh, from the conservatives, you know, they have some really good arguments uh, when they're discussing economics and practical arguments, but when you get into, like, more fundamental issues like ethics, uh, they, you know, uh, it, it's difficult for them to sort of switch tracks from what they're originally at, and so, you know, ethics, is, you know, as what I've been able to read from Ayn Rand, is, is a science. You can validate it. You can, you know, re- reference reality and come to these conclusions logically, and then. contradicts at least most conservatives view of what ethics is and uh, you know that's how they view you know when you see a contradiction obviously something's not going right and I think there's a a pressure or or at least an inclination to use what what your original premise was and the view that the new introduction into what you're trying to I guess integrate that contradicts what you already know is what is in the air so I think they, they see this as alien and I think that they have a hard time, you know, challenging their own premises, and it, so well, it, and, it's, it's and, kind of disappointing. And yeah, wow. it
1: is. And, and the other thing is, it may have been quite a long time since Clavin read any ran. I and so he's so. got a selective memory right. about it, and the selective memory is filtered according to his own views. So True. there's 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 a there's a lot of that going on. But yeah, it was it was just very disappointing. So I figured it's worth going through. Point by point. I I almost thought, you know, Don Watkins had one post and then he had another post. I thought, okay, he's going to get every single point in this video before I get to do my show on Friday night. By the
2: way, I'll be coming across Clavin in in a context next week in some situation. So I'm going to.
1: Well, we'll see if Clavin talks to you anymore. (laughs) Well,
2: I mean, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely going to bring this up.
1: Well, tell him, tell him the invitation for coffee is is open. I will. I will. He's,
2: He's around here.
1: Yeah, I think I think he's from around here so definitely we could uh discuss uh with the was he with the, the pink cowboy? Is that yeah, what i yeah.
2: pink in the bathhouse or something? The fastest <sighs> guy in San Francisco bathhouses. <laughs> well, I mean he is always wearing pink shirts, which I'm like crazy bubble or pink shirts on men anyway.
1: I I mean, you know, guys <laughs> who are very self assured can
2: you know? I think a homosexual designer said, "Let me uh, make men wear pink shirts and make it popular, and that's it." And no, so, so these straight guys put on pink shirts. Okay, you guys look
1: good. in Pink
2: shirts. Uh, I I I never wore a pink shirt. I don't I don't care to wear a pink shirt. It's just it's, it's not a man's color. I mean. So
1: for Christmas, should I buy you a pink shirt? No, I
2: mean I'll <laughs> use that as a, as a rag. It might be valuable as that.
5: Maybe we can start Terrible. with salmon. It's kind of pink, but it's kind of... Right. Right. Exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> right. Just And actually, it's interesting because the shirt... It's too close to pink. The shirt that Clavin is wearing in the video isn't exactly pink. Wow. Well, it's really... She's
2: worn pink, so that's just a little different. Maybe he washed it too many times. I <laughs> mean? Maybe it was like fluorescent pink.
1: Oh, God. Okay, Bosh. I think we're going to have to turn off this show because you're going to start <laughs> sounding like Whittle is the oh, thing that I'm man. criticizing in here. Anything well, else Well, I just wanted to make
5: one more point, yeah. Sure. The, uh, and... So, like you said, there's they get their, you know, they they latch onto words like selfishness, and they, they bring in their own pre-context from what they understand as selfishness, and it really sort of just portrays kind of you know their under you know their view of what they view as in their self-interest. Like it, I don't you know to to see that you know you don't help other people out just because you know it it's in your self-interest or you're a monster because it's in your self-interest. It just it just sort of you know, betrays what they view as actually as in their self-interest. And I find well, that, right. that kind of monstrous.
1: And and what they would see, I mean, in effect, I think that Clavin would maybe characterize what Obama does as in some way selfish. Mm-hmm. And to me, Barack Obama, mm-hmm. I mean, you could have selfless, the word selfless in the dictionary, and you could have a picture of Obama. Yep. And I mean, Obama likes to have his picture everywhere, so why not in the dictionary under <laughs> the term selfless? I think it would do a great job right there because He'd endorse this it too. guy, He'd endorse it. I mean, he he's, as far as I can tell, terrible at his job and he's doing everything in the name of everybody else. He thinks he's getting stuff for himself in terms of power and the ability to have these lavish vacations and everybody watches him on TV and he was, <laughs> I, Shifra, who is the producer for the Tammy Bruce show, showed me this picture today. And poor thing, she kept trying to send it to me different ways, and I kept ignoring it during the whole broadcast. But this is a picture of all the people at the right. NATO and all of the leaders in this conference have their hands down at their sides. The only one is hand up in the air waving is Barack Obama. Right. It is the funniest right. darn thing in the world. That's so silly. That, I mean, maybe that picture itself should be selfless. I think that should be it. I read it's my waiting. tweet. Why am I reading that tweet? Because it's funny if the Islamic enemy started bombing golf courses? Yeah. If they started bombing oh, go- then, golf then, courses. Oh, then Obama would pay this attention. This is war. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. But, but <laughs> you, get, you, you, you get the idea. I mean, why wouldn't Clavin be able to recognize that Obama is really uh, the, the well, epitome of selflessness and ransom? Yeah, sense?
2: But, yeah, but again, these guys, a lot of them don't have their cowed by Obama. In their mind, this is how maybe a Christian might supposed to be acting. You mean In their minds. In some like Boehner, let's no, say. No, they... I'm not saying about maybe Clayton. I'm talking about a guy like Boehner. He doesn't have a real intellectual argument against what Obama's doing. He doesn't. He feels cowed by it. And also, they can't see him as evil. They can't say... No, this. They, is... they see
1: him. They see him as evil. I mean, he said, he said Boehner? you have to hide...
2: Not oh, Boehner. Yet. Boehner. I'm talking about, yeah. you know, guys in Washington, let's say. They can't see him as evil. And these guys, to an extent, can't see him the way we see him either. They can't. They can't see him as, as, as evil as he actually is the way we see him. They can't. That's why. I don't know them going on Obama the way we do. I don't, I don't, I don't think they would get to the point of they calling, calling him a nihilist or even evil. I don't even think that they would call him evil. I don't, mm. I don't think they would.
1: I mean, they were making there's a reluctance to, about there's the idea reluctance
2: that, that you, word.
1: you need to hide your wallet and run from these people. Yeah, that's, that's, right?
2: you know, that's okay, but evil is a very declarative. It, it is a con- condemnatory term that these guys are reluctant to use. And because of that reluctance, these guys have been able to get away with murder. I think because of the whole, the, the whole country has, has been cowed.
1: Well, I, I mean, I, I'm not exactly sure that that I haven't heard the two of them say that Obama is evil. Jeff.
2: I've never heard them say that, ever.
1: But, I mean, he said of Rand, Le, you know, Rand's view is worse than nonsense. That's pretty condemnatory. So, condemnatory vocabulary is yeah. something that they use. About Rand? Yeah, I don't know.
2: About Rand, yeah.
1: I don't know. In any event...
2: Anyways, mm-hmm. Good
1: talking, Dan. Yeah, good talking, Dan. Thanks for calling good, in. Good and on uh, hey, keep call back what soon. you guys
2: are doing. Thank you.
1: Definitely, definitely. Back, back to the normal next week, whatever the normal is around here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, take care. I guess I'll wait here for that. Thanks. Bye. Okay, everyone, thanks for listening. Those of you who actually are still able to listen, I don't even know. There might not be anybody. It might only be the recorded folks, but all you recorded folks, those of you who haven't had a chance to get your word heard about this video, uh, go over to my blog at DontLetItGo.com. I've got the video posted there at the top, and you can leave a comment. That would be great. You can also go over there and share my blog. You can subscribe to the blog. You can become a supporter of this show and get the two hours that we did earlier today, which was overview of a bunch of news stories, a lot of the, the yeah. usual stuff. So thanks. Thanks, Bosh, for being here. Thanks, everyone, for thanks staying for up listening, late. Thanks everyone. And Always appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time. Take care.